sure a woman, though. Get the fuck out of the front of my store. Fuck you! Fuck you! Yo, I'm out. Stay out of my fucking room, Stevie. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we are discussing mid-90s, directed by Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's directorial debut. I do believe, actually. Um, yes. Um, so, mid-90s. I've been trying to get to mid-90s for quite a while now. I've been trying to pump through a couple of uh, movies. The Favorite, Blind Spotting, uh, Minding the Gap. All these movies have been uh, relatively crit- critically well-received, generally. Um, mid-90s. Let's see if it matches with these movies so uh, here's a synopsis mid-90s follows stevie a 13 year old in 1990s era los angeles who spends his summer navigating between his troubled home life and a group of new friends he meets at a motor avenue skate shop so mid-90s Directed by Jonah Hill, one of my um, one of my favorite actors on the market today. Um, well, huh? This A twenty four produced film is got the A twenty four feels all about it. If you know anything about how I feel about A twenty four, A twenty four has this weird way of kind of giving you this uh it's sort of like a slice of life normally have a really high dramatic uh tension in there and just like most of the most of the media they produce this does have a very thick dramatic tension within it but something about mid 90s feels like it's it's missing something it's missing like a a narrative thread a thread that completes the movie as a whole which leads me to feel like i can't feel like either jonah hill didn't know what to do at the end of the movie narratively or he didn't have the budget to complete what he wanted to do I, I i couldn't exactly tell what was going on let me see if i can find the budget as we're discussing it um i know this was only released for several um several weeks and opening weekend only yeah it only grossed about seven million over the course of the uh the time that it was released um but now it is on it's available for rent um, let me see if I can find the budget. Budget. 
on mid-90s. Um, let's see. I do not know what it the budget is on this. It's not available, apparently. Mid-90s is not available. I'll see. If I can, I'll add it in the, uh, the show notes. But anyways, um, what it feels like is this movie is being held back by its budget a tad a tad bit i really enjoy um the performance the performances of the group that were introduced it's very similar to how uh minding the gap is kind of introduced but minding the gap in my opinion kind of does it a lot better this this is introduced to a fictional group and it's not it, it doesn't have the the roundedness of minding the gap minding the gap if you haven't listened to the podcast yet uh minding the gap is um uh, very similar to this uh you know three guys all skate all like to skateboard kind of mostly to get out of their rough households and kind of keep their mind off things um this i would say is sort of in the same in the same realm they kind of revolve mid 90s these characters are all revolving around the skate shop because they are having trouble at home um and um i think we get like bite-sized chunks of what these individuals are going through and we're really just following um sunny sullick's character stevie and I think Sonny has an excellent portrayal of this uh, 13-year-old character, Stevie. Um, the, his transformation is it, it is very notable, especially at such a young age, for being a first-time actor. I don't believe he's been featured on anything else, and I know he's going to get picked up for a lot more. Um, actually, he, he was on a couple things. He was, he was uh, Atris on... Atris on God of War. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Um, he was on Don't Worry. He Won't Get Far on Foot. And he was on The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, so I guess Sonny has been on a couple things. I, I thought this was his first um, first thing he was on. He was also in uh, the recent the, the House with the Clock and the House on the Walls or whatever the fuck with the Jack Plaque. And... Uh, Kate Blanchett joint. Apparently Sonny was in that. Um, maybe skateboarding around or something like that. But um, the thing about Sonny's transformation is from a narrative standpoint, we're essentially just following his transformation and seeing how he gets engrossed within this uh, skate culture. Um, skateboarding culture. And um, and he also is engrossed in all these different types of, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, this, that, cigarettes, that, the other. Um, and he's being exposed to multiple vices at all, all separate times, um, or, sorry, what would normally be at separate times is he's getting exposed to multiple vices all at once. You know, smoking cigarettes, girls, drinking, um, fighting, all this just just high caliber stuff he shouldn't be doing. Really, at uh, uh, 
especially at a 13 year old age. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's kind of going through the, uh, transformation of it. It's, but it's extremely hard, um, to kind of grasp how long he's been within this, um, ingrained within the skateboarding culture. To be honest, it's really hard to, there's, there aren't any timestamps within the entire film. So it, uh, just says, you know, it feels like you're kind of just following throughout a summer or something like that. So, um, that was my only thing. It was really difficult to, to tell how long of a period he was, um, staying with, or, or, you know, hanging out with these guys. Um, the transformation was very notable. The guys he was ingrained with, fuck shit, that, um, fourth grade and Ruben and, uh, clearly, I think everyone's favorite is Nikel Smith's portrayal of Ray. Um, Nikel Smith is a notable actor. I can, I can definitely see this guy going, uh, going far. He has a look that looks like he can be put in, uh, a lot of different genres that is, uh, uh, that'll be, that'll be appealing to a lot of people. Cause I think he's, uh, um, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good actor. Um, he was a standout for me. Uh, Olan Pregnet, Prenet? I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Um, he plays fuck shit. Um, so I thought the name fuck shit, fourth grade and sunburn. Um, yeah, I, I understand that they're just kind of like random ass names and they kind of come up off of whim and really the only two people that don't have, uh, nicknames are, you know, uh, Ruben and Ray and, uh, I don't know. I, 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 something about the writing throughout the entire movie was just irking me. And I guess I was just never grasping onto the writing. And then along with the editing, same editor as uh, Lady Bird and uh, Nick Hoy. He did Lady Bird. He edited uh, mid 90s and he's edited um, uh, The Night of on HBO. Um, I really liked those previous two movies and that movie and Lady Bird and The Night of and I don't know if I really enjoyed the editing in mid 90s. It felt kind of abrupt. I'm not sure what was what what exactly what the purpose was. And there's um some stuff we need to talk about in the spoiler section that uh we yeah we'll, we'll address um that's kind of keeping the majority of the the rating lower. I do think the portrayals are good of these um, actors. Gio Garcia, who's play, who plays uh, Ruben. He's got a big head of hair in the IMDb page, but he was shaved in mid-90s. So I was like, whoa, who, who was that? <laughs> um, yeah, they were, they were good. It was nothing special, you know? It's just like they did what they were told. It wasn't like nothing more, nothing less. And uh, I don't know, in a time that... Uh, I'm trying to catch up on all these really great movies. You have to do something that like stands out on a on a whim for me to be able to recommend this on a big on a big level. And even on a, a directorial cinematic stance, um, you know, like the technicals, I didn't think this was technically that impressive. I thought there was two shots that 
really were grasping me. Um, I was, I, I enjoyed the performances more than I enjoyed the filmmaking. And it's not because the filmmaking was bad at all. It just didn't feel um, like it was anything different, you know? Like, I enjoy relentlessly rewatching uh, movies that Jonah Hill is in, such as, um, let's say, um, Superbad or Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, both of those movies are expertly shot uh, from a directorial standpoint because they, they have really good directors behind there and some really great writing. And Jonah Hill has a lot of pressure directing and writing a movie. I can't even imagine. And so, honestly, I think this just needed a writing punch-up. And maybe he needed some help behind the camera. I understand he wanted to probably do it primarily, but I just think that he would have... Um, had a slightly better movie if he had someone else, uh, you know, writing out the the small things that didn't get quite worked out at the very end. That the thing, the unsatisfying ending, uh, that I'm really harking, harkening, harkening, harkening at. Sorry, um, sorry. There's there's plot points in this that just feel completely dropped. And that's the thing that I really bothers me in um, filmmaking. If you're going to bring it up in that big of a manner, you got to address it at the very end. Okay, so let's talk in spoilers uh, about mid-90s. Um, you've heard it. If you don't want to watch this, it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you didn't watch this and then hopped into the spoiler section and then, and then decided to watch it. I think that's suitable. Um, I, I really can give you a better... Um, take in the spoiler section. So, the one thing that was really bothering me um, about this movie was the little blips of this self-harming that Sonny is being told to do. I don't understand the self-harming aspect of this, um, this movie. The fact that they're willing to go there is a pretty big deal in my opinion. The fact that no one ever brought it up. No one. They. This kid took his shirt off in front of hit all of his friends in front of his like kind of his girl for like a night. It, it, he he has multiple multiple times where you would think that you would see. Uh, you know, some some sort of harm done on his body if he's harming himself. And, um, I mean, there's two times, I mean, that we see it, and there's probably more. At the, I can say, at the very beginning, we see um, what looks like punch marks on his uh, chest. He's looking in the mirror, and he's kind of poking his chest a little bit. Uh, I was like, okay, so that's clearly from his brother. Uh, now I'm not so sure now that we've watched the entire thing. Um, I don't feel like I need to rewatch it. Um, but at the very beginning, we see Sonny running into the wall, assumingly because of his brother and his brother is beating him up throughout the entire movie. That's never addressed. His mom almost is completely blind to the the abuse that his brother is dishing out on him uh he and 
he is abusing himself, self-harming uh, his uh, his legs, and he's uh, choking himself. I, I can't think of the technical term at the at the moment, but he's uh, he's doing all this stuff that would leave harm and marks and stuff and and if you're gonna go there you gotta talk about this shit at the very end it doesn't make sense and i it bothers me that they even were deciding to show all this and have this kid do all this shit and have us watch it without them um addressing it at the very end what what the fuck was the deal with that i don't i i understand that this is a real problem people do this people self-harm it's not something to take lightly at all and uh i i just think that if you're gonna bring it up in this type of manner um you don't have to completely solve the problem but maybe address it at least maybe just have one character address it his mom barely addressed the fact that they had this uh near-death car wreck um they were drinking and driving and acting a fool and they kind of did the affordable uh the affordable car wreck you know the the quick flash but i was just like um why is the mom just like in awe that all of the friends are in the hospital right now like i understand that's supposed to be a moment but i was like your child was just in a near car wreck that you're in a in a car wreck that nearly killed him and you're over here talking to ray asking if y'all if everybody wants to go see uh stevie i was like this is ridiculous i was like you would have you would have I, I think any mother in any other situation would have slapped the characters that were responsible for putting their son in this situation considering how she had acted not two scenes before not impressed that they stayed the night i just i was just like this is not how this would play out this was a movie ending in a in a in a movie where you were trying to be grounded um and it like straight up turned to a straight up TV movie almost in my opinion. I was like, it took me completely out of it. I was like, this is pissing me off. And then I saw at the very end that he was like, oh yeah, I got this, uh, I got this little montage of shit of shit that we don't give a shit about. I was just like, fuck, damn, what the fuck happened? I was so just like you're about to cut off right here at the end you i i just could i could feel from the time frame i was just like you're about to cut off and i was like so several things you're not gonna address this oh first of all lucas hedges and his crazy crazy over alpha aggression because of his mother having uh too many men while he was uh, over while I was younger is so fucking left field. I was like, you're seriously going to blame your mother all on this shit? Uh, why you got to beat your brother? This guy had straight up, like, he, he had legitimate issues. And the mother was not doing anything to, uh, 
discuss this at all. I mean, you, he literally looked like he was about to whoop somebody's ass 24-7 365. I mean, Lucas had just looked like he was going like hard was an understatement to be honest. Like he was going way too hard and I didn't understand. I didn't like he he gives a little information that you know he's like I need my orange juice and you know mom's crazy, you know, cuz of that cuz she, you know, has guys over and we see one guy leave the entire time. It's like I didn't feel that the mother was really that bad, and I, I, I've seen, I've seen movies where, <laughs> where there has been a, a mother that was not that great, or a father that wasn't that great, and they refuse to talk about not having a father. Oh, it's definitely not. I, I don't think they discuss not having a father. I might have missed that. I'm, I don't, I don't remember. If I, I show notes, if I fuck that up, you know, you know, I got to check that and. I correct whatever in there if I can. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I was just like the, this mother has got it, got her job way, way cut out for her. I mean, she's got two crazy sons and, <laughs> and one of them is like 13 going on like 35 homeless. And it is just a crazy transformation, but ultimately so narratively unsatisfying, in my opinion. I was just like, you're just going to leave us dangling like that. I mean, A24 is a company that likes to take a chance on these indie movies where they, they'll leave you in a place where it's not always in, in the most, uh, you know, uh, A1 spot. But, like, at least the majority of the scripts are finished. This almost feels unfinished in a way. And it felt like they were too focused on the details, the background details, the soundtrack, the soundtrack, the soundtrack's great. The synth's great. The, 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 uh, the score is great, but I just feel like, like I, you know, having Wu-Tang Clan, uh, shirts having tupac on the walls having you know uh, leo dicaprio on the walls having all this 90s music it's in in you know video games 90s video games and you know street fighter 2 and every, uh, i i totally understand the nostalgia for that i am probably closer to a later 90s baby so i didn't quite absorb all of that probably as a lot of people will but still, that doesn't mean the, the it doesn't satisfy the narrative, in my opinion. I didn't think that the majority of that did not add to the narrative, and you shouldn't have to be, uh, you know, strictly born in a, uh, you know, grow. You shouldn't have to have grown up exactly in the '90s to be able to absorb the movie. You know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, that that's the thing, and um, that's where the frustration is coming out of. So. I gave this a solid 7 out of 10, strictly because of the performances. I thought they were excellent. Jonah Hill did a pretty good job on his first um, movie. I'm not saying it's a, you know, a failure at all, but I would say that this really does need a couple more scenes that could really help... Um, 
help and benefit to the structure of the narrative. I just really think that um, they they either got cut off on the budget or they got cut off on the time. I'm not really sure, but um, yeah, one or the other really really hurt this movie. So. Thank you for listening. Let me know if you really liked mid-90s and I was, you know, a little harsh on it. I do feel like um, there was a lot of, you know, love and care that went into it that I probably didn't get to look into as hard. But um, I did really enjoy the performances. I, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I really enjoyed uh, the, the, you know, the the majority of the, the non- uh, directing, writing type, uh, technicals. Um, so yeah, but if you do like skateboarding movies, I do want to recommend Minding the Gap. That movie has a narrative structure that is based in real life and can be relatable on multiple levels. I absolutely would recommend Minding the Gap, especially if you love skateboarding. Um, it's not revolving around skateboarding, you know, but it's themed around skateboarding. It you know it it shoots it really well, but it also tells a lot a couple of great stories, stories very similar to how um, mid '90s is formed. You know, you got people like Shithead and Fourth Grade and Ray and Ruben. But they're more fleshed out. They're, they're the guys just like that. Um, but yes. So check that out. Thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. Be sure to rate, share, subscribe. We can't do this without your subscriptions, uh, ratings, your comments. All of that help. If you don't think we're doing that great, can you give us some feedback so you know how we can improve we always want to improve the podcast the quality um whatever we can do to satisfy your experience so thank you for listening lucky dog podcast email us at the lucky dog podcast at gmail.com check us out on any podcast platform you're looking on and uh take it easy you think you're pretty cool your ghetto ass friends. You good? Uh. You think you're tough and shit? You're just a little fucking kid. A lot of the time, we feel like our lives are the worst. But think if you looked at anybody else's closet, you wouldn't trade your shit for their shit. So let's go. That's why we ride a piece of wood and like what that does to somebody's spirit. Stevie, what the fuck are you doing? Stop fucking taking your shit! Yo, Stevie fucking insane. Fuck <laughs> <laughs>